Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your kind and gentle GM, ooh-woo, Daniel Anderlich. And with me today is Stace Babcock. Yo! Samson Davis. Uh, <laughs> so in this week of things I found that I can't believe exist, I found a sleep ASMR chess documentary on YouTube. That sounds actually really relaxing. It was very relaxing. I'm not a huge fan of ASMR. It's a little too, there's a little too much texture in there that I don't like. But it was a really cool documentary. Sound relaxing. I might look it up. And Alex Finn. I just had to link chat to the non-clickiest pen in the world because it is amazing. I'm going to click it for you all. Yeah, try and find that audio, Daniel, from the future. I'm going to laugh so hard if it shows up in the room. Well, I'm looking at it, and <laughs> like, there's barely any wave. Like, it's, it's so itty-bitty, titty. I mean, what? Samson, save us. Uh, hey, guys, want to talk about dice? Because I do. <laughs> Die Hard Dice. <laughs> online purveyor of beautiful polyhedral shapes that you can use for your TTRPG games. They come in so many different colors. So many, well, only two materials that I'm aware of. Metallic and acrylic, but they're all high quality. And you should really be checking in on Die Hard Dice every couple of weeks because they always have something new up on the store. And when you find your new perfect set of dice that you're going to use on your next game, use our code EXPLORESWANTED at checkout. You get 10% off your order. You get high quality dice for a little bit cheaper and you're supporting the show. It's a win-win all around. So go do that. And if you can't do that, tell a friend to do that. Please. Please. <laughs> all right. Who remembers what happened last time? Alex. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And yes, I waited to see who was going to take a drink. <laughs> Got that caught in my throat. I'm shocked. Like, oh, shit. From what I recall, you're going to be sad. So last time we were wandering down a hall when I'm not sure if this is Ilson or Samson just forgetting we had keys. But every time we came to a locked door, he's like, I guess we're not going in and just kept walking away. And I was like, uh huh. Oh, I was confused. It's not in my inventory, so it's not my responsibility. Mm. That's on you to remember. Mm. So anyway, there we were, realizing we had keys to doors. <laughs> and when we finally went in one, we started looting, as you do. So Ilson got a nice cipher where it wasn't as nice as it could have been because Samson guessed wrong. No, you rolled bad. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I rolled with evil. I don't remember what your cipher was. Listen back to the last episode, listeners. And then Magpie decided... You know what? While we're here, we might as well really fuck shit up. And she stole the ancient artifact part of a giant machine train part. But I got a cipher out of it, so it was worth it. It's a good cipher. I'm sure there'll be no consequences. No consequences. We also found what we, I'm assuming, Alex the player is assuming, is their secret smuggling tracks. Ooh. So we do have a second potential exit. Should we choose to burn down this building like I suggested? And then we went deeper into the building. We almost walked in on some guards showering. Decided maybe not since we're only tier one. It's a little too saucy for our podcast. So we just kept going. So we were saucy. <laughs> and then we found a new room and because we they were like, why is this door unlocked? And we're like, oh, yeah, we haven't been locking any of the doors we've been unlocking. Consequences. Huh. Weird. So we hid in another room that had this really weird machine that we're like, oh, no, it's probably a biometric scanner on how you get to the next door. And we can't hack it because if you hack this planet, it'll set off an alarm. And then, 
<laughs> so we established that nobody knew each other's powers. So Magpie was just like, bye, through the door. <laughs> and left Ilson in that room while she went to the other side. And then we had a fun time figuring out how it worked. It was really just, you know, a... It wasn't anything big. It was just a clean room entrance. We overthought it. We, we overthought it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so only one person could be in the entrance at a time. And that took us like three to four tries to figure out how to get through the door. And now we're through the door and there's an experimentation going on. And I think they've decided we're intruders because we've contaminated the area. It's fun. That's not what happened. I, I feel like contamination was found. Uh, no, we saw a sign saying experiment of yeah. progress, and then it said containment breach. Yes, there we go. Containment. They're both C words. <laughs> Any hoozle doozle woozle. So, Esri's facing off with a screaming dude in this little lab, and she's like, deuces, I'm out, because there's also a vampire in there. <laughs> and so she's, and the vampire's like attacking people. <laughs> so. She decides, oh, no, I, I can't do this. And so she's leaving and doing the smart thing that we didn't do and barricading the door behind her because, well, I guess we didn't do that because we wanted to be able to escape through that route. So I will give us that. And so she made it into a lunchroom. So she got some free food and makeshift weapons via cutlery. But then she found the one employee who wasn't in the shower. I'm just assuming they were all having a group shower or something like that. And so she's like, yo, there's a vampire killing people. You might want to knock off early. And she's like, what? And she's like, yeah, there's a vampire loose killing everybody. You should leave. And they were all like, okay. And she's like, show me my weapons. And then proceeded not to get her weapons. <laughs> And instead, went a completely other thing down the magical ele- secret elevator in the secret tunnel, going somewhere to the right. And then I think we need to keep in mind that Ezri's actively dying. Yeah. And then she got on a boat. And then she's like, this is fine. And then I'm assuming it was the experiment vampire thing was all like, rawr. I'm here in the water too. Rawr. And she's like, oh no. And that's all I remember. Esri. So what are you going to do now that you know kind of the direction? And- oh, she's she's just using that to get her best angle to finish crossing this lake. Okay. So that will give you an asset. I think you will need to give me two rowing-related rolls. You will have an asset on them. Mm-hmm. So it would be an 18, but now it's a 15. All right, one level of might for each. 14. So first roll is a 12. Six. Okay. Feel like you're making good headway. And then as you're rowing, you suddenly feel like a twinge in your lower back. Just like a stitch. Like it's not like you've sprained something, but it does cause you to slow down. And then coming up out of the water, you see what looks at first to be a naked woman. She's got pale skin that's sort of tinged a little blue. As she's surfacing in front of you, you can see a little bit of the bottom of her body. And it is knobbly and almost like an exoskeleton that sort of like leads to kind of like what you would think of like the tail from an alien in Aliens. That's disturbing. And she pops up and she looks at you and opens her mouth, revealing 
nothing but needle teeth, and you hear her go, <laughs> and I'm going to need you to roll initiative. <laughs> 16. Okay. And I would like to use... Wait, am I first? I guess it's my first question. You are not. Okay, I would like to use know what to do. Act immediately, even if it's not my turn. Okay, what would you like to do? Throw the fuck away. Can you use fleet of foot in a boat? Fleet of bicep. Fleet of hand. I mean, you could row with your feet. Fleet of lats, yeah. I don't think so in this case, because you're trying to empower a vessel. If you want to spend the points you need to spend to get fleet of foot... A little swim swim? Then I could give you an ass up on your rowing wall. Oh, okay. I'll take that. Okay. It's very close to you now. So, 18 to 15 with this asset. One level of might. Okay. 12. <laughs> 15. Okay. You put some distance between you and it. But it is going to use fleet of foot. Or fleet of tail, in this case. That rat <laughs> crustacean. Hmm. And it races up to your boat and... She just reaches out an arm, and you can just see, like, her flesh hanging loosely. Like, there's almost, like, a bit of it that seems like it's torn. Like, maybe it tore on something underneath the water, and it's just never healed. It's sort of oozing a pus. And she swings an arm at you. You're in a rowboat, so this will hinder you. Uh, and so this... And please make a 15 speed defense roll. Okay. Ooh, 19, though. Okay. You dodge or strike. What would you propose as a minor effect? That the, the wave from her arm slapping the water propels Ezri away. Yes. And I think that pushes you the last bit you need to reach the far shore. And the creature goes... <laughs> and begins swimming towards you. So, Ilsen and Magpie. <laughs> you're standing outside this room. There is... A door to the left that looks very sturdy that has the experiment in progress that has switched to containment breach. And then there is a sort of normal type door to the right of that. They're both facing the same way, but one is on the left-hand side of what you can see and one is on the right. One seems clearly safer than the other. First, I'm going to take an action recovery roll. Just a quick breather. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good idea. Let's do it. All right, so just two doors. The decontamination door and the... Uh, containment breach door, correct? No, there's three doors. <gasps> there's the door that you came in. Yeah. There's the sort of secure-looking door that has the sign over that says containment breach. And then there's another normal-looking door on the same wall, but to its right. I vote uh, this one, and Ilsen points at the door not saying containment breach. Oh, you want the clearly safe door. Is anything clearly safe in this place? I mean, I feel like if we're really looking for Ezri, that she's through the other door. Through containment breach? Oh, you think breached it? Why would Ezri be part of an experiment? Why would she be here in the first place? Because she pissed off some politician, like she usually does. And what does one do with their enemies who they've been pissed at? Toss them in the well of size? Or sell them for experimentation purposes? I... Mm. You make quite more. Between the alarms we left behind and what we have in front of us, let's go with the safer option for the moment. Okay, but you're going to be stuck on the other side of a wall seeing things. Yeah, we need to talk about that, because that was very surprising that you just did that. Just did what? Randomly, just... I used a key. Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, Ilsen's going to try the uh, door on the right. It opens, and you see what looks to be a viewing chamber. There's a bunch of fairly comfortable seats in here facing a glass 
barrier that is smashed on the far side, and then there is a open door on that side. When you look through the glass into the other room, you can see two slabs. One that was utterly blank, and one that looks like it had restraints that were broken, and there is a dripping of almost like an ooze of some sort, like almost kind of mucusy, and then it reaches another door on its side that's on the far side, which seems to be completely smashed through. No double wieners? No double wieners. Yeah. Okay. I think Magpie's just looking at Ilson like, Mmm! Mmm! See, this feels like Esri. This seems like the shit she would do. Ilsen will try the uh, other door that does not require passing through the uh, broken glass. Okay. You look out and you see a corridor. Down this corridor, you can see a door to the left at the end of it. In between where that door is and you are is a utterly mangled corpse that appears to have been torn apart, but there doesn't appear to be enough of it to explain where the rest of it went. And that slight dripping of mucus heading in that direction. And then you see bloody footprints moving down that hall and to the left. Human? Uh, specifically, are, do they seem like Ezri's or? I don't know if you would recognize Ezri's bear footprints. Ezri's a bear? Basically. When standing, you know. <laughs> I'd be mistaken. Yeah. In dim light. Overdue on a haircut. Apparently when bears are excited, mm-hmm. they stand on their back legs. Yeah. Or, like, when they're curious. They definitely look like human feet. Whether they're Esri's footprints or not, you don't know. Mm. Okay. I guess we just keep going forward carefully. Was there anything to the left? Or was that where the uh, corpse and everything was? So the corpse is in between where you are now at the end of the hallway where that left door is. Magpie, any opinions? No, I've really just kind of lost track of what we were doing. We are looking for Esri. And we are outrunning alarms and possibly dodging a containment breach. Yeah, but is it biological or is it a physical breach? (laughs) Elsa just kind of looks at the uh, broken glass and (laughs) various mucuses. I think physical. Mm -hmm. I mean, as long as you don't think we need to put on our masks. You know, in case it's some sort of infectious disease going around. I mean, we could check. Um, Ilsen's going to pop her mask on and go inspect the corpse down the way. Okay. It looks like it was once human. It's definitely wearing one of those cloaks that you saw hung up earlier. Mm. And in the shreds of fabric, you can notice in one corner near the lapel of the shirt that was beneath it, which is looking pretty rough for wear, there's a bloodstained pin with the symbol of the Transit Guild on it. Ilsen's going to take a little piece of like relatively clean cloak cloth, wipe the blood off, and then swipe that pin. That might be useful later. Sure. And then without otherwise touching this, does this seem like a mostly physical breach? Or is there any, like, signs of an infected skin? Anything like that? Nothing you can see. It doesn't seem like this person was killed that long ago. Okay. Then I guess Ilsen will stand up. It looks like it's just physical, so probably fine. Okay, so we just have to make sure nothing gets us from behind. Yes. And I guess very carefully, Ilsen will start following the mucus trail down the rest of the hallway. Yeah, the bloody footprints down the rest of the hallway. I thought it was. I thought there was a mucus trail as well. There is a mucus trail, but it's also following the bloody footprints. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. So you go 
and look to the left, and you encounter this waiting room that, you know, there's some chairs laid out. There's a door straight ahead and a door to the right. The door straight ahead has been smashed down. Okay. And you can see what looks like some sort of workshop beyond it. Can we loot it? First, we peek in. We don't enter a room. We just peek in. Okay. You peek in and you see this workshop. There were definitely like some workbenches that had been pulled over here to probably try to barricade the door that had been smashed through. Okay. And you notice that if you haven't stepped in, you're just peeking in. All of a sudden, the lights in it flick off. All right. We're just peeking. We're for sure just peeking. And you said the other door was smashed in as well? The door to the right is untouched. Okay. But the one straight ahead is smashed? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. There doesn't seem to be any containment breaches in here. Ilsen will step into the room. Okay. You step into the room, and just a second after you get in there, all of a sudden the lights flick back on. Oh, they flick back on? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can see this fairly large workshop, although oddly you don't see tools laying around. You're not sure why. You would assume there'd be tools in here. And on the far side, you can see a smashed-in door. All right. Uh, rinse and repeat. Sneak to the door frame and just peek into the next room. Give me a stealth roll of 18. Oh, okay. Uh, use some speed efforts. Bring it to a 15. Train, so that's a 12. Natural 20. Thank you. Woo! Wow. You are so silent. <laughs> you are like shadows against a wall in darkest night, utterly invisible from the rest of the surroundings. That's how sneaky you are. Oh, yeah. What would you like to propose as a major effect? Ah. Uh... I mean, does anything for sure happen with this roll? Just because I'm not quite sure what to add on to. You're definitely going to get to the door, and nothing is going to detect you going there. Okay. Then as a major effect, can I notice what would detect me? Yeah. So as you get closer, sneaking oh so carefully, you can see this next room appears to be some sort of cafeteria. You don't see much food that's obvious or laid out. <laughs> But there are some chairs overturned, and there is a figure standing in front of a door on the far side. Its head is tilted to the side as if it's thinking. Looks like a naked human. This portly, pale figure with thinning hair standing there, dripping occasionally some sort of mucus from a cut along its back. And it's just standing there menacingly? It's standing there looking at that door out of the cafeteria with its head tilted to the side as if thinking. Where's Magpie? Like, in physical space? Don't know. Did he enter the workshop? Probably in the doorway. In the doorway to the workshop? Yeah. All right. Okay, so you're pretty far. You're at least a short distance away, then. Ilsen will mouth to Magpie. Containment breach. Contaminated peach? Ilsen just gives you the dirtiest look, like, come on. The lights flick off. And don't blink. Okay. Let's try something then. Can Ilsen, and the, is there a tool, just a screwdriver equivalent nearby that Ilsen can grab? They all seem to be gone. All of them. All of them are gone. Yeah, she didn't find that many, but she looted everything she could. Uh, Esri was very thorough in her looting. I, damn, though. Um, all right. Is there like a like a nearby like screw or just some small object that would be in a workshop? Sure. You, know, there, you could find a loose screw sitting around somewhere. All right. Ilsen's going to grab one of those and then throw it into the cafeteria in the opposite 
side of the room that the creature is on. Oh, interesting. So this is what I'm going to tell you. Mm -hmm. Two things are going to happen. All right. One is that as soon as you start throwing the object, the lights in the workshop flick back on. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to need you to roll something so that it thoroughly attracts this thing's interest. Okay. I am trained in lies and trickery. This feels like a trick. Yep. So this will be an 18 to start. It's a 15. All right. Can I argue for speed? Yeah. Since there's a throwing component involved. Excellent. Can you use a speed effort to bring that to a 12? All right. Mm -hmm. 10. Okay. So it turns at the sound, but turns a little bit too far. And it sees the lights on and you in the doorway have been thrown in. And it looks at you and you realize, like, yeah, again, this is a human guy, but his eyes don't look right. They look like dead eyes. Mm. And he turns to you. Then you can see that there are blood stains all over his face and they don't look like it's its blood. And it goes <laughs> and starts taking a step towards you. And now you're going to need to roll initiative. All right. 16. Okay. Magpie. E. Roll initiative, please. I think your sense danger gives you an asset on initiative, doesn't it? Well, regardless, I got a nat 20. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, so you will go first, and you can propose a major effect as part of your going first. You definitely heard the strange groan from wherever this room is that Ilsen is looking at. I'm trying to think of the best way to do this. Samson, you're not having trouble tracking this thing, right? No. Okay, good. Not an issue. You know why I was asking, right? Uh, yeah, for your uh, guiding bolt mm -hmm. cipher. So she has a dart thrower as her weapon, so she's just going to shoot the dart thrower at... Okay, so it's more than a short range away, so so you don't really have line of sight on it yet, so you'd have to move at least a little ways to get into position. And she walks into the room. Oh. She walk into the room. Did you propose your major effect, though? No, not yet, I'm thinking. If you want, you could propose your major effect being that you, because you sort of, on some level, sense the danger, you are able to start walking first. You can get to a point where you could take a shot. Oh, that's a good major effect. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is going to be a 15 speed roll to hit in this case. That's including your light weapon advantage. That's 16. Is that good? Okay. Yes. So you hit him with the dart, and you can see that it lights up on their body. Its head, which was initially kind of oriented just at Ilsen, also sort of shifts a little bit to see you in the distance. And you hear it go, oh. and uh, now it's its turn. It is going to advance up to Ilsen. That's all it can do. Ilsen. Oh, this is tough, because Ilsen was just going to run. We're not fighters. I mean, let's use it while we got it. Ilsen's going to break out the photonic smasher that she picked up. Bludgeoning instrument made of, let's say, bluish light appears above her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like a warhammer. And then I don't think I can do anything except activate that. It immediately attacks its target within short range. Oh, great. Mr. Containment Breach gets a faceful warhammer. Yeah, 3,000. Okay, so this is going to be a Warhammer 3000. I know, I was just like, let's do the wrong number, really fine. Uh, it's four damage, I believe. Yeah, if it hits. Oh, what? Oh. So this is going to be 
an 18 roll. You could argue any of your pools because it's a cipher. Okay. All right, quick question. How long has it been since we have entered into the Transit Guild's facility? Just because I have another cipher. Has it been an hour? I would say, yeah, you guys have been in an hour now. Okay. Then there goes my speed edge. I'm going to use intellect. Okay. Leads to 15. And actually, I'll give you an asset on it because this photonic smasher, it's it in of its nature as it wants to attack. Mm-hmm. So that makes it at 12 with your effort. Please. Nope. Nine. Okay. It misses. Or rather, it seems like it's going to hit, and then it just kind of like swings one of these hands that you can now see have like two inch long bloody nails on the end of them and just sort of like bats that part of the light and it just misses hitting its core. Magpie. Yeah. You've just seen this creature. It is right up in Ilsen's face. Ilsen created this sort of weird hammer made out of light and it tried to swing at this creature and missed. Wow. If you would like to actually help, (laughs) now is a good time. I kind of want Magpie to just kind of run up in there and tackle the dude. Is that possible? Okay. I'm worried about hitting Ilsen if we're using dart throwers so close to Ilsen. Yeah, but it is a short distance, so you would have to spend your turn running to get up there. And the creature goes next. I guess we're just going to shoot and see what we hit. Okay. Oh, no. So it's a light weapon, and your dart gives you an asset against it as well. So that makes it a 12 to hit. I got an 11. Okay. So you try to shoot a dart at it, and it just barely misses it. It, like, zips right by its ear. Like, it was like you're shooting your dart trying to get the killing blow, and it just, like, its head moved just a little bit, and the dart goes flying past it. This creature is going to make a swing with the back of its hand at Ilsen. Ilsen, this is an 18-speed defense roll. Oh, all right. One level of effort to bring it to a 15. 18. Wow. Awesome. Okay, so, yeah, you dodge this strike as this meaty hand with its long clawed finger swings backwards over your head. And now it's Ilsen's turn. So if I'm understanding Tonic Smasher right, it basically has its own action and movement that I use on its turn? Yeah, on your turn you can have it do this attack. Okay, cool. Then I'm going to spend my action dodging and then have Photonic Smasher start smashing. Okay, so it's a 15 to hit since we establish the Photonic Smasher is going to give you an edge on this. Right. I'm just going to roll that straight. Five. Okay. It misses. You're dodging, which will give you an asset on any defense you need to do. And this creature, again, looks at you both and goes, Aah! and you notice that like one of his arms is like quivering strangely. Esri, you've reached the far shore. You can see the other creature getting ready to advance on you. Is just let out another one of those shrieks, but you're at the shore and within reach of that ladder. She's going to run, jump as high as she can, and grab the ladder and climb. Okay. Are you going to use fleet of foot? Yeah, since you asked. Then, since you're using fleet of foot, you can totally get up there, and we'll give you an edge on this first bit of climbing. This creature seems to be in the water. You're not exactly sure 100% how long they are, but give me a something like for this climbing roll if you've got a skill you want to apply to it otherwise it's might based and i think the target is because you're using fleet of foot i'm going to say the target is a nine to start for you to get far enough up the ladder that you're out of this thing's reach that's going to level my effort okay so six 
All right, I'm going to re-roll that so early in the what was it? Five. Oh, 18. There you go. So you start climbing. You can feel it splash, like almost like it's leaping out of the water. And you can feel this. It's almost like a sense of dread, like almost like a sixth sense of that its flawed hand came inches away from the back of your heels. And then you hear it splash down in the water. And you go, <laughs> and then it slips into the water again. Little raspberries at it. Oh. Asri's more dignified than I am. Okay, so well she'll finish climbing the ladder and run across these tracks toward the peeps. Okay. So twenty meters up on this ladder. Give me a maybe a twelve roll climbing up. Mm-hmm. One level of my effort. Okay. Fourteen. Why did I take jumping? Why didn't I take climbing or running or anything that I would be using so far? (laughs) So you climb this 25 meters to this wall that sort of is a junction between that and the suspended tracks over the lake. You can see the droner that people are working on. You can hear the clanging as people smack against it and... You could either try to walk along the tracks towards the droner that's sitting there, or you could go to the left into what seems to be like some sort of tunnel that the tracks lead into. Oh, no, she's going towards the the people. Okay, so you start walking towards the train across the tracks. Don't look down, (laughs) because that lake is 20 meters below you. And as you're walking across, you can hear more banging. Ew. And then... (laughs) And then all of a sudden that banging stops and you hear a couple people sort of calling out to each other, echoing in a weird way up here. So it's not 100% clear what they're saying, but you hear some movement there and then you hear someone's voice, man's voice going, no, no, no. And then suddenly cutting off. Oh, those dipshits. And you hear the engine of the train beginning to start. Oh, she's, I mean, she's going to try to get to the end of the tracks to the work platform. Okay. Yeah. So you start running back towards the work platform and you hear, so you're running away from the train now. No, towards the train still. Oh, towards the train. Okay. So you're running towards the train and you can see at the front of the train that you're running towards a lamp turns on facing out along the tracks and you can see it starting up. And you can see it making the first slow movements along the tracks towards you. You're going to try to continue to run toward it and use your jumping skill to jump on it and get up there. (laughs) Okay. So because it's just starting and isn't anywhere near like full speed yet or anything like that, this will be a, well, jumping to get onto it. Oof, so she's trained. The reason why it's a 12 is because even though it's not moving fast, you're trying to get on it in a way that's safe. Yeah. Because if you jump at this and miss, you're going down into the lake. Back to see your old friend briefly before losing consciousness and dying. Yeah. Okay. So it was a 12 start, right? And so it's nine with her jumping skill. Would you consider this might or speed? Might. One level of point effort. I want this to work so bad. Okay. That's a six. 14. So you leap onto the side of this front engine of the train 
and you manage to grab something that you think is probably meant initially as like a, a maintenance worker's handhold, which is good because the train starts advancing and picking up speed as it moves into this tunnel. So she'll try to get into the train and just sit in a seat like anybody who would be, no, she'll stay maybe, yeah, yeah, she'll want to get inside. I don't know if if there's tunnels or how close it gets to the walls. Okay, so you're trying to get past the engine into the passenger compartments. Yeah. Although the engine must be connected. It is connected, but you've got to get to the end of the engine first. And this is an engine that pulls like a two-story passenger compartment. From the inside. If you're trying to go inside the engine, you could. But presumably, you, I mean, there were transit workers there, so you assume somebody's inside that engine. She's, she's trying, going to try to get in the engine. Okay. So you do see there is a spot that appears to be sort of where the train connects to the passenger cars. You know there would be some sort of entrance there too, but there is a maintenance hatch door along the side here. In she goes. Okay. Do you try to peek into any of the windows in the engine compartment before you go in? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. Because I swear to God, if it's a creepy crawly monster, I'm going to... So you look in one of the windows and you see one person standing in there that seems to be monitoring some sort of display next to like some of these workings of the engine. The engine is glowing with a green light that's tinged with red like almost if it's like green but having like these weird like veins of red light running through it and they seem to be alone yeah, she'll swing up in there. I don't know if she's got the juice to climb back to another car. Okay. Are you trying to get in there sneakily, or are you trying to just go in? She's just trying to go in. She's trying to get inside. Okay. So you go in. They immediately turn and look at you. So, what, what are you doing here? The engine is restricted to transit guild only. Oh, sorry. I, I'll go back to the passenger car. Don't sweat it. But you, you came in through the maintenance hatch, though. Well, yeah. That, well, that's because I, I had to jump or get hit by your train. So I sort of just jumped and grabbed on. Well, what are you doing down here? This is, nobody's supposed to be here. Oh, I, I was definitely kidnapped by some of your compatriots and I'm trying to escape. So you just do what you're already doing. I'll get off at the, you know, some stop. Don't sweat it. Really don't sweat it because I don't want to have to kick your ass. <laughs> We're going to do an intimidating social role then since that's the tactic you took. So this will be a 15. Okay, she's trained, and I'll use the level of intellect effort. Eight. That doesn't do it, does What it? was it to start? Fifteen? Yeah. No. <laughs> She's going to have to smush him. No. Okay. Is that a real no or a sarcastic no? I'm not sure. We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> I mean, if you want, you can re-roll it. I'll give you an XP. I do want. But when are we going to graduate? Never. Never. This is four years in college all over again. <laughs> Thirteen. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> Every we spend an XP, we're changing our major. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at you and gets nervous and he raises up his hands. No, keep driving. Please keep driving. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So where, what's, what's the route? We're not in service yet. Oh, where are we going then? To the surface city. Seriously? Yeah, we've got to go to our start point. Is there anywhere you can drop me off in between here and there? Something closer to the Warrens? No. I don't care if there's a station or not. We don't go into the Warrens on a train. Oh, right. Yeah. Let's screw the Warrens. Okay. Well, all right. I guess this is... this. Well, is there another way just back up out of here? 
you know, do I need to ride with you? Is there a faster way? There's nowhere else that you're allowed to go. Oh, allowed is not a problem for me. But, okay, by all means, keep driving. So he's just, like, driving and nervously watching you. Esri smiles at him every time he looks over, but it's not, like, a nice smile. It's, like, more like a baring of teeth. (laughs) (laughs) The train is now moving at a good rate. Not the clip that it would be in the surface, but it's definitely fast enough that these tunnel walls are going by rather fast. Okay. And you can see he's nervously looking at you, and then you can see him sort of shift his mask into place. Oh, okay. That's fine. Or not. Does she have her mask? No. Oh. So, are there extra masks for safety? You're free to look. She looks. Give me a perception roll of 12. Okay, so nine with her training. Nine? There is definitely a compartment that seems to be, like, marked with, like, the safety symbol. Yes, the safety symbol. She, uh, will open up and see if there are masks in there. Yeah, there is an emergency. It's not a durable mask by any means. It's just sort of like an emergency, like, oh, fuck, something's better than nothing. She puts it on. And there seems to be, like, a first aid kit in there. She takes that. She uses it. (laughs) So you put that mask on, and sure enough, you can see through the windows of the train a maroon-colored villain past. Dang. And it's only flashing by for a moment, and then it slips through. And then the guy looks back at you unseals his mask and says, I wasn't sure if the seals would hold. Why? Uh, never 100% sure how well the maintenance guys do their job. Yeah, it sounded like they ended work kind of early or something. Why did I hear screaming? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Esri's going to, like, open up the back door and, like, peek into the next car. You open up the back door and it is, you can see you're sort of standing over the connector. Yeah between the engine of the train and the next compartment, and then there is a door there. There's also a ladder on the side of that compartment leading up to another compartment door for the second level. Ooh, she goes up there, and she enters that way. She'll say to the guy, be good. Okay. I'm just going to get off here. See ya. Oh, okay. She closes the door and climbs up the ladder. So you climb up the ladder. This one you can climb, no problem. And you, although there is one scary moment where the train seems to go around a curve in the tunnel. Yeah. And so everything sort of shifts quickly. Those G-forces. But you are able to climb up and you've reached the door at the second level and you enter and you see it is a dark passenger car. You can see all the seats for passengers. You can see the windows in the faint light that's kind of reflecting around in this tunnel. You can see the wall flying by. The train has definitely picked up the full, like, drone sound of its engines. But otherwise, it is unlit. It is totally dark in here. She'll get out her glow globe, and she will search the cars. Okay. So you're searching the car. On this first passenger car's second floor, you don't see anybody in any of these seats. You don't see any luggage above the seats or below them. And there is sort of a spiral staircase that leads down to the first floor of the passenger compartment or there's a door on the back side of this that leads out presumably to another connection point. Okay, she's just going to go systematically like top, bottom, bottom, top. Okay, so you go down to the next one. Again, utterly dark, nothing lit. But as you're coming down from where you are, you see what looks to be some sort of wrench lying on the ground. Oh, she picked that up. And continues. 
Okay, so there's nothing on this first one, so if you're going to open and go back to the next one back? Yep, that's, she's just going to keep going, yep. Okay, and you're going to go bottom top this time? Yeah. Okay, so you go into this bottom compartment. Again, this compartment is utterly dark, and then you find a tool belt <gasps> lying on the ground. Fix that up, too. There aren't any tools left in this. This is just the belt that you would hang tools off of. And there is splashes of grease and what looks like blood on it. Oh, shit. Hey, anyone in here? If anybody's in here, get in somewhere, they don't answer. Okay. Keeps looking. You exhaust this lower level and you go up to the top. And you hear in this dark room as you're slowly coming up. So even before your glow globe has kind of crossed the surface... You can hear sort of ragged breathing up above, like... Hey, are you okay? (laughs) She'll get up there and see what's up. There is somebody laying on the ground there, and they have what looks like almost like a piece of rebar shoved into their chest, and they are bleeding out, and they look at you, and they say, Oh... Me. And then we cut back to Ilsen and Magpie. Oh, fuck. So, Magpie is your turn. There is this creature that tried and missed hitting Ilsen, and then Ilsen had their light hammer try to hit it, and it missed, and then Ilsen is just sort of focusing on dodging right now. And I hit it with a baton. I did steal that. Yeah, you could try to do that. Okay, so it is an 18 roll. A baton's a light weapon, though, so that's 15. I got 18. Okay, so that's 18 plus 2 damage. Okay. Okay, so you hit it hard with it, and you can see it, like, hits it across the face, and it's like some teeth go flying, and both of its arms are now quivering. And then on its turn, it looks at you both and goes... (gasps) You can hear its jaw breaking as it's opening, and then all of a sudden, in a red, wet explosion. Yes. You will each take four might damage there. and are thrown backwards across the room and as you tumble there you see these bone shards flying out and embedding in surfaces all around it and there is just a strange pink mist settling onto the ground before you and that's where we'll end this episode. Oh fuck. We in trouble already? Yeah. Yeah. Stace, something about this episode. I feel like it's like when you've been driving on the freeway for a while and then you get off onto like a country road. You're like, whoa, the speed limit. Right? I feel like that's what it's been like to go from campaign one campaign. You're like, oh, shit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Not a demigod anymore. Um, But uh, I like the weirdness of the transit guild that we're getting to see so soon. Like, it's it's a conspiracy, man. Mm Mm-hmm. It's been interesting to have my little fighter character in a position so early to have to do like anything but fight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. Well, we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener, NXP to check out something that we think you'd really dig. This week, it is Stace's turn. Stace, what would you offer our listeners an XP to check out? I am going to offer our listeners an XP to check out the Burning Blade and Silver Eye trilogy by Django Wexler. The first book is called Ashes of the Sun. And that's the one I'll talk about. It's basically like post-apocalyptic Jedi, kind of. So it is like a post-apocalyptic fantasy. There's this order. They're known as the Chosen. And they 
have access or some of them have access to these Jedi-like powers, including basically a lightsaber, um, but also some magic. And the story follows two siblings who were separated young. One goes into this order. That's why they were separated, because she had the skills. And then the brother, pronounced either like Geyer, I'm not sure. I and mean, her name's Maya. He goes like the other way. He goes into like criminal rebellion. And their stories like intertwine back and forth as there's like resistance from the people of the order, like enforcing outdated rules that's not letting society grow and basically like keeping certain people down. And then, you know, obviously the sister who was part of the order has to unpack all of that and try to figure out what's really going on. And then, of course, the story gets huge. So I love Jingle Wexler's style of writing. I think both characters are really well done. There's like a society called the Ghouls, who are the ancient enemies of the Chosen, And they were responsible for, like, between the two of them, were responsible for the apocalyptic war that happened that reduced the world to such a state. But what you find out about the ghouls and things like that is really interesting and really cool and really different sort of magic. And I don't want to spoil too much. It's always the hard part about these things. But the siblings are great characters. All the supporting characters are great, well fleshed out. It's funny in places. It's very serious in places. So if you want just, like, a good post-apocalyptic Jedi fantasy fun time... Read the Burning Blade and Silver Eye trilogy by Jingle Wexler. Very cool. And if they wanted to tell us about the Burning Blade and Silver Eye trilogy or the podcast, how would they do that, Samson? They can come to our website, explorerswanted.fm. On there, they'll see all our social on Instagram and Facebook. We are at Explorers Wanted Podcast. On Mastodon, we are at Explorers Wanted at Dice.camp. But our best social media place is our Discord. ExplorersWanted.fm slash Discord to come talk to us about whatever you want to talk about. Also, if it is within your means and you're feeling generous, the best place to support the podcast is Patreon.com slash ExplorersWanted and or using our Dicephilia code with Diehard Dice. Explorers Wanted, get 10% off your beautiful new favorite dice. Just a thought. And if you can't financially support us, we totally understand. Best thing you can do is to tell your friends, tell them what you like about the show, why they should listen to it, Second best thing is to leave us a five-star rating review on a podcast directory like Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And if you didn't like the podcast, or if you just thought it was meh, well, pray she doesn't find you. You know the one. Her of the long arms and the seven-clawed digits at the end of each. Her of the needle teeth extruding from gangrenous gums. The snaggletooth fence of her barbed tongue. Her of the thinning black hair that droops limply over serrated ears, dripping the thick, dark fluid that oozes from her torn scalp. Pray that she does not come for you tonight, that you won't hear the faint rattle of her breath as she scuttles through the shadows of the hall. Pray, pray and hope it's enough, because if it is not, you'll see her eyes, bloodshot and hungry, peeking over your shoulder as you gaze in the bathroom mirror. And the last thing you'll see is one of her terrible hands reaching over to turn out the light. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Macedon as Daniel at Anderlich, A-N-D-R-L-I-K dot org. You can find me on our Discord. I'm Stace Windu. Dude, I'll catch those seven digits. I'm at Slam Potato on Twitter and at Slam Potato <laughs> at Dice.camp on Macedon. <laughs> what are they? Eight, seven, six, five, three, oh, nine. <laughs> <laughs> to win the unicorn on twitch and threads and real to unicorn on twitter i swear it's gonna burn down next week though 
All right, that's it for us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye. bye.